Welcome to the weekly Comic Web Old Time Radio Program podcast. We sell old time radio programs, Golden Age comics in PDF format, and we have other free podcasts. Visit comicweb.com for more information or find us on Facebook and iTunes. This week our podcast features an episode of Screen Guild Theater called Never of This World. It first aired on March 26, 1939. everybody. Tonight, your neighborhood good golf dealer joins the Gulf Oil Companies in presenting another program in this series of reviews, musical comedies, and dramatic shows. So welcome all of you to the Motion Picture Star's own program. Welcome to the Gulf Screen Guild Show with Kay Francis, Leslie Howard, Mary Nash and Irving Kitchell, Morgan Wallace and Virginia Weidler, the music of Oscar Bradley, and Hollywood's favorite master of ceremonies, George Murphy. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to another of the Motion Picture Star's own program, the Gulf Screen Guild Show. Last week it was a review. Next week a variety show starring Bob Burns, Edna May Oliver, the Bryan Sisters, Warren Heimer, George Raft, and Virginia Verrill. Be written by Duke Atterbury and directed by Busby Berkeley. Tonight, we present a drama, Never in This World, directed by Sidney Franklin and written by Stephen Morehouse Avery, under the musical direction of Oscar Bradley. Tonight's play, Never in This World, is a fantasy, a strange story of a child who lives in an enchanted world created for her by her father. The child, Susan, is played by Virginia Widener. Her father, Paul Dodd, is enacted by Leslie Howard. And Kay Francis is Martha Sheldon, the woman who comes to live next door. It is mid-afternoon of a day in late June. By a stone wall bordering a winding Connecticut road, Paul Dodd awaits his daughter, Susan, age five, who runs down the hill to meet him. Susan, how many times he did went I over tell the you? hill? Ah, but you mustn't climb hills no run, darling. It was the Clover Fairy. He was riding a yellow butterfly. You know, if I told the doctor you disobeyed him, he'd be very disappointed in you. Oh, Susan. I forgot. Please don't tell him. I won't run again. Promise? Word of honor? Yes. All right. Now come over here and sit down in the shade and rest. I've got something to show you. Quiet, quiet, Uncle. It isn't good manners to shout that way. <laughs> What's he saying, Paul? The elves are planning to dance in the moonlight tonight. But Tommy Stonehouse said there aren't any elves. You mustn't play with Tommy or any of the other children. Tinkle's much better company. I guess so. But I wish I understood dog words. You'll pick it up in no time at all if you'll eat a few of these every day. Gumdrops? Where did you get them? Off the gumdrop tree, of course. But there weren't any on it this morning. Ah, now, look here. Have you been climbing after what you promised the doctor? No, I didn't climb, Paul. I just looked. Yeah. Have a strawberry pink one. Open your mouth. <laughs> Good? Mmm. Tell me, what did you see from the top of the hill? Something shiny, way off. Maybe it's the palace of the Silver Prince. Perhaps. When will he send for me? Not for a long time, I hope. Are, are you coming with me to his magic city? Yes, yes, I'll take you there, darling. 
Only I can't enter the palace until I've been summoned. But, but maybe the prince won't want me. Maybe, maybe his godmother won't like me when she comes to call. Oh, what nonsense. How could she help but love you? When do you suppose she'll be here? Well, that's difficult to say. How will we know she's the godmother? Well, she'll be announced by silver trumpets. And then down this very road will come rolling a great shining chariot, driven by a Nubian slave. And the godmother? She'll be beautiful? Oh, she'll be very beautiful, very regal. She'll be wearing a robe studded with... Paul! Yes? Did you hear? Trumpets! Trumpets and look! A great shining chariot! Susan, you mustn't get so excited. It's coming right down this road! It's the godmother! No, 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 no. it couldn't be, Susan. But it must be! See? There's the Nubian slave driving. Oh, now, Susan, darling, please. Only he's stopping next door. Call to him. Tell him this is our house. No, no, no. We mustn't, Susan. But why? Well, because... because well, because the... The godmother may not wish to be recognized. But, Paul... No, no, no. We mustn't let on. We've even seen her until she deigns to notice us. Look, she's stepping down from her carriage, not even glancing our way. Did you ever see so many boxes and bags? She's going to stay, Paul. <laughs> she's going to live right next door. Yes, yes. I guess she is, darling, but... Uh, you must promise to stay on our side of the hedge. You mustn't bother her. Uh, oh, Paul. Oh, come on, darling. Now you've tired yourself out. Now I have to carry you into bed. disappointed, Martha. I came up here to Connecticut, hoping to find you reconciled. To what, Charles? Being labeled a has-been by the hidebound, one-sided notices of so-called music critics? Their criticisms weren't malicious, Martha. If they had been, I, as your manager, would have been the first to resent them. But suppose I did give a few bad performances. All singers do now and then. But your spring recitals, my dear. Everyone asking what had happened to Martha Sheldon. Well, I was tired and sick. When George stopped the car at this gate last week, my holiday started. I'm only waiting till I can go back and prove how wrong those critics are. I'm not finished. You mean you're going to attempt another recital? In the fall. I won't accept defeat. And you forced me to tell you something I hoped I could spare you. Martha, that throat specialist you saw before you came up here. Yes. He made some x-rays. I brought the plates. Let me show you. You see here... No. No, don't. I know what you're going to say. It's nothing dangerous. And only serious to the extent you'll never sing again. Oh. So you see, my dear, you must accept, not defeat, but resignation. But how can I? How can I, Charles? You're young, beautiful. You have a small fortune. Yes, yes, I'm young. But my life's over before it's hardly begun. You have this home, this garden, peace, security, things so many people dream of but never realize. But I've lost my whole scheme of living. Believe me, Martha. I'm sorry. If there's anything I can do... Thank you, Charles. Well, I... I guess you'd better go now. You're going to catch your train. Yes. Goodbye, Martha. Goodbye, Charles. George will take you to the station. No, no, I'll walk. Don't have much chance for that in the city. Goodbye. 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 Hey, you, you just come along with me. I didn't doing it. Yes, she, yes, she was doing something. You was you speaking. I see you. I was trying to get Tinkle. He ran through the head. I'm going to take you right to Miss Sheldon. Oh, please. Please don't tell the godmother. The godmother? Well, what are you talking about?
What's the matter, George? This here child was peeking through the head. It was only a minute. Don't be angry, Godmother. Godmother? Well, what do you mean? Oh, oh, I didn't mean to let on I knew you. But I won't tell anyone. I promise, Godmother. Oh, you mean that you think I'm your Godmother? Oh, no. Only the Silver Prince could have as beautiful a one as you. She's crazy, Miss Sheldon. Hey, you look here. You get along home now. Oh, wait a minute, George. What's your name, child? Susan. Susan Dodd. And where do you live? Next door is Paul. Who's Paul? <laughs> the little boy you play this game with? No. Paul's my father. He's told me all about the Silver Prince. <laughs> and he also told you that I was the prince's godmother? Yes. He watched you drive up in your chariot last week. We didn't come in no chariot. Oh. It might have been, George. How is the prince? Is he sick? Is that why you've been crying? Oh, no, no, no. That wasn't the reason, Susie. The, um, the prince is quite well. Is he at the magic city with the shining towers? With the... Why? Why, yes. Oh, I'll have to go. Is that your mother? No, I haven't any mother. Just Paul. Goodbye. Goodbye, godmother. Goodbye, Susan. Well, I declare. Ain't she the funniest child, Miss Sheldon? You just ought to hear what the folks in town say about her and her father. Yeah. Yes, I can imagine. He don't let her run or play with none of the other children. She must be sick or something. And he fill up her head with that silly talk. I wonder if she'll come back. No, ma'am. I, I tell her to keep on her uh, own side of the head. Well, don't tell her anything, George. If she wants to come here, let her come. But, Miss Shelby... I've been banished, George. And since I'm going to stay here... I'll need enchantments. Magic cities with shining towers. <laughs> I wonder what Charles will say when he finds out that I'm a godmother. <laughs> a godmother of a silver prince. <laughs> Susan. Susan, did you see the hummingbird's nest in the lilacs? Oh, yes? Who are you? I'm Martha Sheldon. I live next door. Are you Susan's father? She's told me so much about Where you. is Susan? Upstairs. She went to put on the dress she'll wear when she goes to visit the prince. She insisted that I must see her. Well, I'm sorry she presumed on your time. It shan't happen again. Oh, we become fast friends. She visits me every afternoon. From now on, I'll see to it the child doesn't annoy you, Miss Sheldon. Annoy me? <laughs> Why, I love having her. Would you mind leaving before she comes down? I'll explain to her that you couldn't wait. You mean... You're asking me to leave? I'm asking you to leave us alone. Susan and I want no visitors. You make yourself very plain, Mr. Dodd. And quite as the town people say, discourteous and bad-tempered. Good day, Miss Sheldon. Good day, Mr. Dodd. We were so excited when we heard you taking this house, Miss Sheldon. Our club has been most anxious to invite you to one of our regular Tuesday meetings. But as president, I put my foot down and refused to come here and bother you until I was absolutely certain that you were settled. Most thoughtful of you, Mrs. Stonehouse. Well, I try to always put myself in the other person's place. We have a small club, but very select, Miss Sheldon. Only the very best people. And we thought you might address us on the trends of modern music. Our next meeting is Grandmother. Tuesday. And we'd like to... Is that the guard, child? Yes, I believe so. Why? You mean to say you allow her? look! About the Tuesday meeting, Miss Sheldon. I just found this feather. It's as blue as anything. I'm talking to Miss Sheldon, dear. 
The ladies will be delighted, Miss Sheldon. You suppose it came from the cap of your messenger to the prince? Haven't you any manners, child? It's a beautiful feather, Susan. And I'm sure the messenger lost it. Do you think he'll want it back? No. No, he must have a new one by now. You can keep this one. Can I really? He won't mind? Of course not. I run along and... Look, play... Mrs. Stonehouse. Isn't it beautiful? You've had no raising at all. Breaking in without as much as a by your leave. And all over a blue jay's feather. A blue jay? Oh, no. It's from the cabin. I say it's a blue jay's feather. Here's the Stonehouse. I declare it's a shame and a disgrace the way her head's been filled with this foolishness. Who is this messenger you're talking about? The messenger to the Silver Prince in the Magic City. Nonsense. There is no Silver Prince and there is no Magic City. There is. There are. You've seen them, haven't you, Godmother? They're real. They're, they're... Susan, what, what, what's the matter with the child? Please go, Mrs. Stonehouse. Why, she's fainted. Susan. Susan. Curtain has just fallen on the first act of our play, Never in This World, written by Stephen Morehouse Avery and directed by Sidney Franklin. And now, here's John Conti. Thank you, George. Ladies and gentlemen, I wish I could go along with you the next time you take a drive in your car. Then I could easily prove to you, under actual driving conditions, how quickly and completely Gulf No-Nox Ethyl Gasoline ends those annoying motor knocks. Now, you probably hear motor knocks in your car often enough. When you're pulling up a steep hill or when you accelerate suddenly on the level. Well, I'd like to be along and show you what happens when you stop and buy a tank full of Gulf no knocks. You can drive the same hill again at the same speed without hearing the same annoying pinging sound. You benefit by this smoother, quieter performance the very first day. And in the long run, you'll probably save money on upkeep expenses. So, even if I can't be with you in person, I'd like to suggest right now that you drive in at the sign of the orange disc tomorrow and try just one tankful of Gulf No-Nox gasoline. Now the curtain is about to rise on the second act of our Gulf Screen Guild play, Never in This World, starring Kay Francis, Leslie Howard, Mary Nash, Virginia Widler, Irving Pitchell, Morgan Wallace. Doctor. Susan? She's here, Mr. Dodd. How is she? She'll be all right this time, Mr. Dodd. Thanks to Miss Shelton getting her here in time. Excuse me. I'll see how she's resting. I, uh, I don't know how to thank you, Miss Sheldon. Well, she came through the hedge. Mrs. Stonehouse talked to her, and I... I didn't know how ill she was until the doctor told me. I've always been afraid of this, that something might happen while I was away. I understand now why you've been keeping her from the townspeople, Mr. Dodd. Yes, I should have explained to you that day instead of asking you to leave. You see, three years ago, she was desperately ill. Scarlet fever. Left her with a bad heart. Yes, the doctor told me. You see, it was only a matter of a few years, three or four, until her heart would give out. It seemed so cruel. Then it came to me that perhaps in her few years I could crowd all the happiness that you and I and the rest of the world have given to us in our lifetimes. So far, I've bungled nearly everything in my life. But I can't bungle this. 
I bought this farm where we could be away from people, and I... I've tried to create for her a perfect child's world. A world where everything is enchanted. She calls me the godmother of the Silver Prince. Yes, you see, I've tried to prepare her for the time when she must uh, leave me. There'll be no sadness, no fear. Because she believes she goes to the magic city to marry the prince and live happily ever after. Of course, perhaps that's all wrong. No. No, it can't be. No, but suppose... Suppose something happens before that time, such as happened today. What can I do, Miss Sheldon? How can I protect her? Will you let me help you? There's such a little time left. Did the doctor say how long? A month, perhaps. Only a month. And it must be the happiest month a child ever had. Thirty pages of enchantment to end a fairy tale. Yes, I'll want your help, Miss Sheldon. I believe we can do it together. two-legged horse is all out of breath. Now, you sit there while I go back and help with the blankets and umbrella. And you stay with her, Tinkle. No more rabbit chasing. Here, wait a minute, Martha. Let me carry that. It isn't heavy, Paul. Look, Tinkle. See way over there? That's the cliff where the silver prince killed the dragon. And way over there is the pool of the elves. And that's the shining highway, Tinkle. The highway. It goes. <laughs> you know, I haven't climbed hills for years, Paul. Not since I went to boarding school and wore my hair in pigtails. <laughs> well, that couldn't have been later than yesterday, Martha. Susan. Susan, darling. Yes. Yes, Paul. I guess I almost went to sleep. Well, then you better have a nap. See, I'll spread the blanket here in the shade. How's that? And my coat for a cover, my sweet. Paul, tell me about the magic city again. When will we go there? Soon. So very soon now, darling. Paul? Remember what we said. No tears, no grief. How will we go to the magic city? In Godmother's chariot, darling. Yes. Yes, and, and you'll wear your white dress. And as we drive down the street, 30 million hundred people will stop to watch us go by. And trumpets will announce our arrival. And out on the balcony will come the Silver Prince himself. We'll throw a wreath of flowers for you to catch. You'll be his princess. Susan. Oh, Paul. All the time's so short. Let's not even think about it. It's been such a wonderful month. I almost believe the three of us have been enchanted. I know I must be under some kind of spell because... because the things that I thought important seem so very far away. Yes, but our enchantment may end any day, any hour. Must it, Paul? Well, how can we keep it without her? You've changed, too, just as I have. You'll never go back to being the failure you told me about. Oh, I hope you're right. Listen. Music. <laughs> They're setting up the merry-go-round at the park for the picnic tomorrow. Do you think it's wise to take Susan? She wanted so much to go. And we'll have to watch that she doesn't get too tired. There'll be so much excitement and the people, the games, the entertainment. And, of course, the merry-go-round. <laughs> I 
I declare. Isn't that the Dodds of the next table, Mrs. Crow? It certainly is, Mrs. Stonehouse, and Miss Sheldon. Seems to me if he's so particular about keeping the child away from other children, he'd be too particular to bring her to our picnic. Go away, go away. Come here, Tinkle. Come here, I'll tell the silver prince. The silver prince. It's a shame and a disgrace the way Dodd fills that child's head with crazy talk. Get away, get away, dog. I'll take a stick to you. Tinkle, come out in front of the table. Why don't you leave that dog at home where he belongs? Get away, get away, you dirty little beast. Stop, stop, stop. You went, Tinkle. You're hurting him. Tinkle. You're hurting him. Paul. 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 What's the with the child? Get some water. I'll take care of her. You've done enough. Susan, Susan. Susan, darling. Paul. Paul, is she? Come, come on. We're going home. How long, Doctor? She may last till morning. There's nothing more I can do, Mr. Dart. Yes, I know. I know, Doctor. I'm sorry. Very sorry. Good night. Good night. Oh. Yes. Yes, Martha. What did he say? Till morning. Martha, I'm going to take her to the magic city. Susan. Yes. Yes, Paul. Susan, it's time. It's... Time to start for the magic city. You mean... You mean to see the prince? Yes, it's a long way. We must travel fast. You'll take me? Yes, didn't I promise? And godmother? Of course, my Susan. My white dress? And my slippers? I'll... I'll dress you now. Tinkle? Can't he go? Oh, yes, of course. He, he'd want to know where his mistress has gone. Why? Why are you crying, godmother? Because... Because I'm so happy for you, darling. Because you're going to be a princess. Come. Come, darling. We must hurry. And the prince's army will be there to greet us in full uniform, clearing our way through the crowd to the palace. Some will ride ahead on fiery steeds, opening a path to the avenue. Inspector. Thanks. Here, give this to Captain O'Brien. See that it's carried out. A motorcycle escort? Arthur Sheldon's car is to be met at the parkway and cleared to the Carlton Towers. But why, Inspector? He doesn't give a reason. But if Martha Sheldon wants a police escort, she rates one. Go ahead, put it through. And then, and then as our carriage stops outside the great palace of the Shining Towers, the Silver Prince will be on the balcony. He'll have flowers to give you, telling all the magic city that you, and you alone, are his princess. What's that, Jordan? Telegram for Martha Sheldon from Stamford, Mr. Griggs. From Martha? What does she say? She wants a man in a silver costume with a wreath of flowers on the balcony of the Carlton Towers, sir. A what? That must be a joke, Mr. Griggs. Perhaps. But if Martha wants it, she gets it. Get a theatrical agency on the telephone. Darling, 
Darling, wake up. What? What for? We're here, Susan. We're in the magic city. This is the great avenue that leads to the palace. The palace? Of the prince? It's barely morning. And yet the city's awake to see you. Isn't it big? Isn't it beautiful? See? Rising over there against the morning are great stone battlements. They're so high. They touch the clouds. And here's the great plaza where Prometheus was bewitched and turned into a golden statue. I, I never dreamed it would be so wonderful. Is it... Is it as fine as I told you, darling? Yes. Oh, yes, Paul. Only... Only there's so much to see. And all the chariots. Everyone's come to see you, Susan. Wave to them. But... But how will we find the palace? Of the Silver Prince? There. Just ahead, darling. See? The high towers? The highest towers in all the magic city. See how they catch the sun? Yes. Yes, I see, Paul. Susan, quickly, oh, quickly, Paul. Just one moment more, just one little moment more. Susan, Susan. See, they're on the balcony. Look, my Susan. The prince, the silver prince. He is waiting. Isn't he, Godmother? Yes, yes, my darling. And he has the flowers. But, but he doesn't see me, Godmother. The prince doesn't. The, the trumpets, Paul, quickly, the trumpets. Looking down. He's smiling. Wave to him, Susan. He sees you, darling. Look, look, he's tossing the flowers. He's chosen you, my sweet angel. Now, now you're a princess. Yes. Yes. A princess. A princess of the magic. Oh, shiny. Rosa. Rosa. Darling. Goodbye, my princess. Now there's no more magic. But there must be, Martha. The spell we cast for her is ended. But the spell she cast for us, we'll... we'll keep forever. We could do it, Paul. We can do it. Martha, we... we will do it. Thank you, Kay Francis, Leslie Howard, Virginia Widler, Mary Nash, Irving Pitchell, and Morgan Wallace. In just a moment, Leslie Howard will return. But now, a word from John Conti. Ladies and gentlemen, when you look at those house plans that are published every now and then in the newspapers and magazines, do you ever stop to think about the fact that nowadays, every single one of them includes a garage? Now, that's just another proof of the fact that your automobile is now an established part of your everyday life, no matter where you live. And that means that your neighborhood good golf dealer, by helping you care for your car, can be a big help in making your life simpler and easier. Let him take over the routine job of checking your radiator, your tires, your motor oil. And to keep your motor running quietly and efficiently, let him fill your tank with that Gulf No-Nox Ethyl Gasoline that we mentioned earlier in the program. Your good golf dealer takes a real personal responsibility for giving your car the best possible care. Next time, stop at the sign of the Gulf Orange Disc. 
ladies and gentlemen, Mr. Leslie Howard. Thank you, George. And speaking for my fellow players and myself, I want to express our thanks for presenting us with the opportunity of doing our part for such a very worthy cause, the Motion Picture Relief Fund. Thank you very much, Leslie. It was nice of you to come. Next week, ladies and gentlemen, same time, the same station. The good golf dealer in your neighborhood joins the Gulf Oil Companies in welcoming you to another Screen Guild show. Review, starring Bob Burns, Edna May Oliver, the Bryant Sisters, Warren Heimer, George Raft, and Virginia Barrow. Be written by Duke Atterbury and directed by Busby Berkeley. We are grateful to RKO Studios for Miss Kay Francis, who can be seen in Memory of Love, for Leslie Howard, who is to be seen in The Man Who Lost Himself, and for Virginia Widler, now appearing in The Great Man Boats. This is George Murphy saying good night. Thank you for the motion picture. Danny Bryce appeared on this program last week through the courtesy of MGM and the Maxwell House Good News program. We are grateful also to Pepsodent and Paramount for Bob Hope and to Lifebuoy and Paramount for Martha Ray. John Conti speaking. This is the Columbia Broadcasting System. The Screen Guild Theater was a popular charity anthology series. It aired from 1939 to 1952. It featured some comedy and music, but its main draw was having big stars play in adaptations of popular current motion pictures such as Destry Rides Again, Notorious, and Rebecca. The money generated by the show was used to help the Motion Picture Relief Fund. This fund maintained the Motion Picture Country House for retired actors. It, in, it initially was heard on CBS from 1939 until 1948, then continuing on NBC from 48 until 1950. It was broadcast on ABC from 50 to 51 and returned to CBS in 1952. It aired under several different titles, the Gulf, Gulf Screen Guild Show, the Gulf Screen Guild Theater, the Lady Esther Screen Guild Theater, and the Camel Screen Guild Theater. To keep it simple, we just call it the Screen Guild Theater. And by big stars and big movies, we meant big stars. The actors included Ethel and Lionel Barrymore, Ingrid Bergman, Humphrey Bogart, Gary Cooper, Bing Crosby, Betty Davis, Judy Garland, Gregory Peck, and many, many more big stars. Thanks for listening, and we'll catch you next week.